0: The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. All right. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Great to be with you. Uh, we prayed for you this morning. Love you. Know that you're loved by God. And so grateful to for the opportunity to. Uh, be with you and uh, look into this uh, great passage of Scripture this morning. Let's uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer because I need help. I need a lot of help. So please pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, um, come before you. Uh, I'm a broken vessel, Lord. I confess I have broken this commandment, broken all the commandments. And Father, I pray that uh, today, as we look at your name and value your name, Lord, we will find the healing that we need, the forgiveness that we need in Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate price for us, for this, uh, for our breaking of this commandment. So, Lord, I pray that you would guide us now as we look into your words so that we might exalt your name above all other names so that your name will change this world for the sake of your son. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going through the series of the Ten Commandments. And today we come to the third commandment. You shall not... Take or bear the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes or bears his name in vain. That's the uh, English Standard Version. The NIV has a better translation or a more clear translation, maybe. He, in uh, the NIV, it says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Why is this such a big deal? Really? I mean, what is it? What's the big deal if you're walking through the bedroom and you hit your small toe on the edge of the uh, dresser and you let go with a. Is God really concerned about that? Is he really? Or if you hit your, you know, you're hammering a nail and you hit, the, uh, you hit the, your thumb instead of the nail, is that really so worrisome to God if you invoke the name of the Almighty just because you have bad hand eye coordination? Is he really concerned about that? Well, the commandments that we're looking at, you know, first three that we've had read this morning, uh, really kind of build on one another, don't they? The, the first commandment says, there is one God and you ain't it. The second one says, worship the God he, the way he deserves and the way he wants to be worshiped. Don't go worshiping yourself or don't go worshiping any false gods for that matter. And the third one, if you're kind of troubled by the first two, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Why? Well, these are serious words because God will not hold blameless or guiltless who misuses his name. So if we aren't the God of the universe, then we need to make sure that we use the name of the one who is the God of the universe correctly. So why does it matter to us? Why is God so demanding about his name? Well, this morning, I'd like us to look together at the third commandment, and I'd like us for us to see four things. What the commandment means, some of how we break it, how Jesus fulfills it, and some of how we can keep it. So what the commandment means some of how we break it, how Jesus fulfills it, and fourthly, some of how we can keep it. Well, let's start by defining the name of God. Why would God, the omnipotent, holy, exalted, self-existed one who's also invisible because he is spirit, why would he be so serious about the holiness of his name? Now, his name represents who he is, it represents who he is, and who he is, is valuable. Well, what it means, his name is valuable and really deserves and is required to be treated as such. Uh, yeah, he has given his, us his covenant name, the name I am, the self-existent one. He was not created again. He was not created. He has no start. He has no end. He doesn't need anything. He is self existent. He created us. He exists outside our universe. And yet, even though He is transcendent outside the universe, He exists through the universe. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient, it means He knows all things. And yet, at the same time, He is also holy. In Exodus 3, we were first introduced to God's covenant name. God was speaking to Moses from the burning bush. Remember that, that scene from the Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston there, you know? And uh, um, after coming out of the makeup tent, he says, I must go aside. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, he, um, Moses goes to the burning bush. And Moses asks God, after their, their famous uh, interaction God asks, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What am I going to tell them? Godra answers with these very famous and profound words. God said, tell them, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. That's in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Here, God says, identifies himself as I am. He is the self-existent uh, one. He is sovereign. And the covenant name, the Lord, or YHWH, is thought to be connected Um to the Hebrew word, well, not not the word YHWH, but his name uh, has to do with the word to be, the the Hebrew verb to be. God is that he is, he is, and that's his name. So how would, I I don't know, we just have the illustration of the burning bush, but for all eternity and for all people everywhere around the world, how would a God who is spirit Show himself. Think about that for a second. We're not all going to be Moses. We're not going to get to replay that great scene, you know, with the burning bush again. But for all people everywhere in all languages around the world, how are we going to know and identify this God? Well, we have we know him, and we, he shows us by his name. Same thing happens in Exodus chapter thirty-three. And what we get in Exodus chapter 33 is this amazing thing as we're thinking about how an omnipotent, invisible God who is spirit would show himself. Hearing his name is seeing his glory. Hearing his name is seeing his glory. In Exodus chapter 33, Uh, This is the great scene where Moses asks God to show him his glory. Now, can anyone see God at any time and live? If you were to see God's face, would you live? Well, no. So God being merciful and kind, God says to him, I will show you my goodness. And God showed himself to Moses by proclaiming His name. In Exodus 33, verse 18 to 19, Moses said, Please show me your glory. All right. And God said, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy. On whom I will show mercy. The way we see God's glory is to hear his name and look what he attaches to his name. When we think of his name, the principles and the concepts of mercy and grace. When you think of the Lord Almighty, think of mercy and grace. And it's not merely just to know something about God when you think about this, but it's to know God himself. The, holy, the way the holy, invisible God shows us and shows himself is by speaking his name. That's why his name is so infinitely valuable. And God even sees his name as valuable and Wonderful. In chapter 13 of uh, Judges, when the angel of the Lord, uh, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, a uh, Christophany, some people believe it to be, came and speak to Manoah and his wife. Who knows? Who remembers who Manoah is? They're Samson's mom and dad. This is the part of Judges where where um, Samson is going to come onto the scene, and the angel of the Lord comes to them. Manoah and his wife see them. See him. And the angel of the Lord told Manoah and his wife that they're going to have a son. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord in uh, Judges 13, 17, and 18, What is your name? So that when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? God says his name is wonderful. And Hebrew scholars say the English word wonderful doesn't begin to describe how amazing it is. Better than Disneyland fireworks on 4th of July. It's more wonderful, more amazing than that. God loves the glory of his name because it speaks of his perfection his beauty, his faithfulness. And basically, there's no one else like him. So he treats his own name as wonderful. He holds his name as value. And here's another wonderful thing about it. God acts in honor of the value of his name. The covenant God does everything for his name's sake. God does everything for his name's sake. Psalm 23, verse 3, tells us he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When God is acting in your life, when things are difficult, when times are hard, God is going to act in your life for his name's sake. Even when we're doing poorly, God will act for his name's sake. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22, God says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. Even though Israel had messed up, God was still going to act. Not because they did well, they did poorly, they did badly, but because of his name, he was going to act in that instance. And Isaiah 48, verse 9, again, the Lord says, for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. Let that sink in. God acts for his name's sake, his name's sake. So the rightful use of the Lord's name is right Uh, for him to keep his name as valuable because of who he is, who he has presented himself to be. We value his name because he values his name. And basically, if we don't get his name right, we don't get him right. If we don't get God's name right, we don't get him right. Now let's look for a little bit about how we break the third commandment. In uh, Kevin DeYoung's book on uh, the Ten Commandments, he cites three ways that uh, were most common for breaking the third commandment. Uh, Some examples are swearing by the name of God falsely, giving false visions and false claims to speak on God's behalf. That was breaking the third commandment. And strangely enough, this third way, also this sin comes under the area of not taking the Lord's name properly sacrificing your child to the false god, Molech. In Leviticus 18 verse, chapter, 18, verse 21, this is interesting to me. In Leviticus eighteen twenty-one, the word of the Lord says, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech. This was child sacrifice. It was not pretty. It was awful. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Child sacrifice is one of the ways that God sees as a way of profaning his name. Um, This is child sacrifice. And today, the god Molech has some new names. His names are convenience. His names are health his name is choice that's from leviticus 18:21 and another way that uh, that uh, in the old testament was claiming to be god's people but acting in a way that defiles god's name breaks the 10 commandment when we oppress others in the name of the lord that is defiling his name in jeremiah chapter 34 verse 16 God pronounced this judgment. But then you turned around and profaned my name, speaking to the house of Israel, when each of you took back his male and female slaves whom you had set free according to their desire, and you brought them into subjection to be your slaves. When we act, when we oppress others in his name, we defile God's name. And the children of Israel who had, once said, okay, yeah, we'll release our slaves, no problem. But then said, "Ah, no, we're going to take them back. That was defiling God's name. So basically, in the Old Testament, doing evil, any evil in the name of God defiles his name. And also Kevin DeYoung, uh, the author, gives us some modern examples. I give him credit for this, of the way we don't display the value of God's name today. Uh, and there are three ways, and then there's a fourth way as well that I would like us to look at. The first three are using God's name in service of what is false. Secondly, what is frivolous, what is phony, and the fourth way is about trying to be right with God in any other way than what he has said. First violation, using God's name in service of of what is false, things to watch out for. Whenever we attach God's name to lies, half-truths, or ill-conceived purposes. Also, perjury under oath. When we go to court and we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me. When we use the name of God to ascribe a false sense of authority to our ideas, our plans or opinions. We need to be careful with using the phrases like, God told me to do this, right? Worse yet is when I say, God told me to tell you what to do, <laughs> right? Okay, watch out for that. Don't use God's name in service of what is false. Christian author Phil Royken had a great quote, and I'd like to share it with you. He says, a more serious way to break the third commandment is by using God's name to advance our own agenda. Some Christians say, the Lord told me to do this, or worse, they say, the Lord told me to tell you to do this. This is just basically, this is false prophecy, God has already said whatever He needs to say in His Word, and of course, there's the inward leading of the Holy Spirit. But this is only an inward leading, and it should not be misrepresented as an authoritative word from God. So remember, remember that when people have a dream or a vision they want to share with you about something, oh, I've, something the Lord laid something on my heart. I want to tell you something. Well, just be careful. Just be careful. The second way uh, we violate God's name today is in service of something that is frivolous. Something that's frivolous. Now, there's a big list I found in my research, and because I love you and I like you, I'm not going to share all of them with you. Here are just some of the highlights. just some highlights. Watch out for using the names and titles of God in a thoughtless way, okay? What do I mean by that? Like punctuation marks using God's name as a comma or a period or an exclamation point, okay? Using God or Jesus Christ, of course, as curse words or as expressions of shock, outrage, anger, OMG. That would be an example, okay? Using the Lord's name frivolously also in a joke. I'm guilty of this. Is it worth telling a joke about God, Jesus, and Moses playing golf to get a laugh? Is it really? And they're all kind of tired anyway, those jokes. So don't use God's name in service of what is something frivolous. His name is valuable. It's holy. It's wonderful. And thirdly, a third violation is using God's name in service of that which is phony, Watch about this. Think about our approach to worship. Do you ever feel tempted to go through the motions, sing the songs, pray the prayers, but you're thinking about um, getting your reservation at Chili's, you know, after the service, things like, we've all done it, we all get distracted, and that's okay, that's okay. But, uh, but when we are worshiping, doing things in the name of the Lord, don't just go through the motions. Try, try not to be tempted to be distracted. Also, using our name, using God's name in service of that which is phony, how does it look to the world when we're hypocritical about how we live? We say one thing and then we do something else. That's phoniness, and that's what the world sees. The world sees phoniness because you you want to be living for God in God's name, and then when we live another way. You know, we've all know story, heard stories and read stories about people who profess to be Christians, but then they do horrible things, really horrible things. So my encouragement here, we really must act, feel and speak in a way that's proper for those who are called by the holy name of God. Just be encouraged and just, I'm saying this to me also, watch ourselves. Because God says in his word, in Leviticus 19.12, he says, you shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And in Proverbs 30, verse 8, this is a great encouragement to guard how you live. Proverbs 30, verse 8 says, Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Be careful if you have the name of the Lord. Be careful how you live. Those first three I give credit to Kevin DeYoung and the fourth way that we can violate God's name is trying to be right with God without faith in Jesus Christ. Think about that. How would we violate the name of God by trying to be right with God without faith in Christ? What are we saying when we believe in God or God but don't put our faith in Christ? What's the answer? We're saying that the cross of Jesus Christ isn't necessary for us. If you try to have a right relationship with God without Jesus Christ, you're saying that the cross wasn't necessary for you because there is only one name who made that sacrifice. There is only one name that we need to be saved. The apostle Peter said it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, when he said, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what name is that? A little louder? All right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So that takes us to our third point. We've all broken the third commandment. Who do we have to rescue us? Jesus came and fulfilled the third commandment on our behalf. Jesus kept and glorified the Father's name with all that he was, even to the point of the cross. And listen to this about what Jesus said about the cross. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verses 27 and 28. He says, now is my soul troubled, And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, the cross, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Remember how we talked about how God acts for the sake of his name? This is why Jesus is going to the cross. Jesus died for our breaking of the third commandment because remember the second half of the commandment? Exodus 20, verse 7b. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes or bears his name in vain. He will not hold him guiltless. God is merciful, gracious, and just in Jesus Christ. Remember that. He is merciful, gracious, and just. God put the guilt of our breaking the third commandment on Jesus, on the cross. And on the cross, there was justice on Jesus. And there was mercy for you and me. Mercy for you and me. God did not hold Jesus, the one who'd lived his whole life to glorify God, to glorify the Father. He held him. He put the guilt on him for our breaking of the third commandment. And here's the good news. Jesus paid it in full. Amen? He paid it in full. So not only does Jesus fulfill the third commandment and pay for our breaking of the sin of misusing the name of God, another aspect of that Jesus is wonderful for is Jesus shares the name of God. Remember this. In the Old Testament, remember that passage from Judges 13 uh, that we read a little bit ago, where the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, why are you asking my name, seeing that it is wonderful? Well, let's look again at Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah to come, about what his name would be. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, looking ahead to Jesus Christ's future appearance, Isaiah says, for to us, a child is born. To us, A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called, what? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That is the name of Jesus. That's what his name means. And in the New Testament, Jesus further emphasized for us how he shares the name of God. After all, he is the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And remember, in Exodus chapter 3, God gave us his covenant name. He said, I am that I am. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus shows us how he shares his name with the Father and the Holy Spirit when he gave seven I am statements. Here's just, just seven of them. Think about this. When Jesus says, I am, what is he saying? In John chapter 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. As bread sustains physical life, so Christ offers and sustains spiritual life. Second one, in John chapter 8, Verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. To a world lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as a guide. In John, the third one, in John chapter 11, verses 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, death is not the final word for those in Christ. Number four of the I am statements in John chapter 10, verse 11, and in 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is committed to caring and watching over all of those, all of us who are his. Fifthly, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, he is the source of all truth and knowledge about God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the sixth I am statement from John chapter 15, verses one through five, Jesus says, I am the true vine." By attaching ourselves to Christ, what we're doing is we're enabling his life to flow in and through us. As you think about him as being, saying, I am the true vine. If we think of him that way, we can't help but bear fruit that will honor the father. We can, that helps us honor his name. And the, the last of uh, the I am statements we'll look at this morning. John chapter eight, verse 58. Jesus says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, what does he say? I am. So when Jesus says, I am, who is he saying he is? He's God. He is God. He is, he is the Lord. So when Jesus says, as we just looked at, he's not just saying the Hebrew verb to be about himself. He's also saying something wonderful about his name, the name he shares with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Look at the seven examples that we just looked at. So God values his name because we need to get him and his name right. Secondly, yeah, we've all broken the commandment, But glory to God, Jesus fulfilled the third commandment. And now what does it mean for us to look at keeping it today? Here's how we can keep the third commandment. First of all, most importantly, nothing else we talk about today. Trust in Christ. Have his name on you. You see, your baptism, we celebrate on adults and kids, you know, big kids, skinny kids, kids who climb on rocks. All our baptisms are an outward and physical sign of an inner spiritual truth that occurred the moment that you trusted in Jesus Christ for your salvation. The moment you repented and trusted in him, you have been spiritually baptized by God In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. He has put his name on you as his child. Trust in Jesus and his work on the cross for you and have his name on you. Secondly, another way we can keep the third commandment is keep his commands. Keep his commands. Have some integrity because you bear his name. Have a serious dislike for the things that dishonor his name in our world and in our own, your own heart. Look for those things that dishonor that. We listed a few examples. Of course, we don't like it when God's name is used in service of what is false, what is frivolous, what is phony. And we also don't like it when our own sin our thoughts and actions and attitudes that don't reflect the goodness and glory of his name. But we can confess that, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Also, part of keeping the commandments, loving your neighbor. That honors God's name. When you love your neighbor, all the acts of kindness, gentleness, mercy, love in the name of the God That totally honors his name. And another way that we honor his name is by proclaiming it. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus gave this commandment and Jesus said to them, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus' death, life, death, resurrection, what he's doing today for sinners for me, for you, deserves to be proclaimed. Proclaim his name. Have that courage to proclaim his name because remember we said God acts for the sake of his what? His name. He acts for the sake of his name. So proclaim his name. Proclaim Jesus wherever you can, however you can. Also, teach and help, encourage one another, help us to obey. Help us to obey his commandments. We need that for one another. So why is the third commandment such a big deal? Well, now we know a little more about what it means to value the name of God. If we get God's name right, we get him right. Secondly, we've seen some some of how we break it. Watch out. Be careful. Be careful. Watch out. Thirdly, we've seen how Jesus fulfills it. How we don't have to bear that guilt anymore because Jesus bore that guilt. And then, fourthly, we looked at some of how we can keep it. Most importantly, most importantly, honor the name of Jesus Christ by trusting in his name for your salvation because there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. So, hold Jesus' name as holy, as wonderful. Hold the Lord's name as really important in your life. And I just want to conclude with uh, Aaron's blessing. In the Old Testament, God wanted his name to be upon his people. So in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27, we have this wonderful blessing that Aaron, the high priest, was supposed to, was, was to perform. In number six, verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, thus, you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them. Think about these words today as the Lord puts his name on us. Verse 24 says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So may the Lord's name be upon you today. Receive the blessing of valuing and receiving the Lord's name upon you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord, that you act for your name's sake. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that uh, you've given his name, the name by which we all must be saved. Thank you that we can come to you. Thank you, Lord, that your name is a strong tower. Your name is a beautiful wonderful and holy thing. Lord, help us to live that out for your glory and uh, to us, for for your blessing upon us. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.